Flora is actually the one speaking this morning, but we're starting off with uh, the passage of scripture this morning. It's from John 14, 15 to 29. John 14, 15 to 29. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will. Since I live, you also will live. And when I'm raised to life again, you'll know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each one of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you'd be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I've told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. Thank you, Ben. Okay, so as Theo said earlier, today I'm continuing on where he left off last week in chapter 14. At the start of chapter 14, it says, do not let your heart be troubled because I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And in this passage, he kind of continues that theme and says, I, I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave you with a gift that's even better the gift of the Holy Spirit who leads to truth and the gift of peace. Uh, it's really important when we look at this passage for us to start to understand the relationship of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We call that the Trinity, uh, so that is that they are three in one. And here we see a glimpse of that, and we see that again in future passages, that Jesus only says what the Father says. And the Holy Spirit will only do what Jesus did. They are the same. <laughs> This morning, uh, both of my girls came up to me and said, Daddy says I can only have two of the three biscuits that are in these packets. And they know that actually it's the opposite way around in our household. Um, I am the good cop and Ben is the bad cop when it comes to sweet food. And I was like, oh, I don't know what 
to say? And um, I said, oh, we'll go back to daddy. Um, <laughs> Jesus, the Holy Spirit and God are not like that. They say the same thing and they come from the same perspective. And that's uh, really key for us to understand when we look at this passage this morning. I'm going to focus on two parts. Uh, firstly, I think it's the next slide along. Yeah. Uh, verses 16 and 17 and verses 26 and 27. We see the word advocate is used for the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're anything like me, uh, I kind of understand the word helper and comforter, but advocate, I did have to look up in the dictionary. Um, unfortunately, um, I think just as I was preparing this talk, I started last week, I got an email from the Evangelical Alliance. If you signed up at the way day, you would have got one too. And my brother works for the advocacy team. That's his job. So I messaged him and I said, what is an advocate? Um, <laughs> so what they do is they stand up for Christians, evangelical Christians, in Parliament and in the government. So for example, at the moment, there's a lot um, around sex education in schools and what age kind of things are appropriate. And they will stand up for Christians in Parliament pleading our cause. That's what the Holy Spirit has been sent to do, to plead the cause of Jesus in our lives, to stand up for Jesus. He's similar to the way that God sent Jesus. So it says in uh, 1 John 2 verse 1, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. So Jesus stood up for God, and the Holy Spirit stands up for Jesus. This word advocate is actually a translation of parakletos. So as I said earlier, it can be related, uh, it can be translated as helper or comforter, which are really good words, aren't they? Because we may know the Holy Spirit as our helper. In times that are hard, we know the Holy Spirit is our comforter. But advocate is used several times in this passage, and it's such a good word because it stands up for everything that Jesus was. It's kind of more holistic. Um, so the work of the Holy Spirit is quite simply to reveal the truth of Jesus. It says in the beginning of John, that Jesus was the word, Jesus is the truth, and so the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of Jesus to us. This is really important for us because I mentioned this a few months ago when we were looking at Ephesians. We are living in a culture that questions truth all the time, and the encouragement from culture is to live our own truth and what makes us happy. And so, but we need to live by the truth of Jesus. As it said in Theo's passage last week, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. And so the Holy Spirit works to stand up for his truth. When there's so many other truths going on, we need that as a plumb line. I think often, maybe, I know certainly when I went to university, there was a bit of a dichotomy. You either go to a spirit church or a word church <laughs> and you had to choose one or the other 
But that's a crazy dichotomy because the reality is, is that the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of Jesus. And he won't contradict him. We don't need to be suspicious of the Holy Spirit. When we hear prophecies or wisdom from the Holy Spirit, works of the Holy Spirit, if it doesn't align with Scripture, it's probably not the Holy Spirit. We can use that as a plumb line. The Holy Spirit will continue to reveal the person of Jesus to make us more like him. So there's four times over this um, kind of farewell, these farewell chapters that we see the word advocate. And I'm going to just look at each one of those to kind of see how does this work, what does the Holy Spirit do? What's the importance of the Holy Spirit? So first of all, we see it in verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Jesus is telling his friends, it's actually better that I leave you than it is to stay here with you. Why? Because a human... uh, any, any one human only has a certain amount of capacity for friends. <laughs> uh, some more than others, maybe, but you only have so much capacity. Whereas the Holy Spirit can be with everyone, everywhere, all the time. When we become uh, Christians, when we put our faith in Jesus, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit, and he is with us. He won't leave us. I remember clearly uh, being a child, probably of around seven during the Toronto Blessing, and I remember being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I know that the Holy Spirit has never left me, and all of us can have that same opportunity. Secondly, the Holy Spirit works to teach. Uh, It says in verse 26, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you and remind you of everything I have told you. It's no coincidence when maybe you're, when maybe you, things are hard, when you might feel anxious or things are difficult, when you perhaps can call to mind some truths about who Jesus says that you are, the truth of Jesus, that you're an overcomer, that you're a child of God that you're a new creation, that you are more than conqueror. These times, the Holy Spirit is revealing truth to us uh, when we're Christians, but also before we're Christians, revealing the truth of who he is. He also works to show. It says in 15, verse 26, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. The work of the Holy Spirit will show us the work of Jesus. 25% of the Gospels were accounts of Jesus healing people. Jesus was a healer, and so if the Holy Spirit is an advocate of Jesus, it completely makes sense that the Holy Spirit will bring healing, and that will be one of the main things that he does. Jesus spoke to the disciples, so the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Jesus brought wisdom to the disciples, so the Holy Spirit will bring wisdom. I could keep going through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He will show us his power through miraculous things, through signs and wonders. And we need to see more and more of those, don't we? We want to see more and more of the Holy Spirit revealing the power of Jesus to us through physical signs. That's what he said to his disciples. Go, 
go and um, show signs and wonders. Okay. Um, finally, in this, this section, it says in 16 verse 7, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit works to highlight our sin and our brokenness, our wrong ways of thinking. But because he is Jesus' advocate, he leads us to a place of repentance. It's not just a, you're bad and you've done that wrong. But through the power of the cross, we receive forgiveness. <laughs> we can say sorry and we can know Jesus. So the Holy Spirit works in these ways as highlighted in this passage. And then Jesus finishes up this passage by saying, not only do I leave you the gift of the Holy Spirit who will bring truth, but I also leave you the gift of peace. He goes back to the beginning of the chapter that we heard about last week and said that you don't need to be troubled because I leave you peace, not that the world gives you. It's not just a classic, oh, peace be with you sort of glib comment. This is peace from the Prince of Peace. If we think about Jesus calming the storm, he said to his disciples, why did you, why were you worried? Because I was with you. And he speaks peace to the storm. Be still. His truth and his peace in that moment, the disciples knew that he was with them. The Holy Spirit is with us to bring truth. And we have the gift of peace. Um, I'm just going to have a drink break. Now, the Holy Spirit can work in so many ways. If you've been a Christian a while, you may have encountered the Holy Spirit in big ways, a powerful encounter. I've had many of those powerful encounters where I've had um, deep senses of, of peace or lots of crying or... Um, <laughs> Uh, pictures, ways that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me. Um, I've experienced healing myself. I've prayed for people and I've seen them be healed. I've seen those things. But I've also known the Holy Spirit day by day in my life. And this morning, I just want to share a story with you um, about how we as a family have known the Holy Spirit in our lives. And uh, we can kind of see the way that God's been with us all the time, that he's been revealing his truth, that he's been showing us his power. And um, I, it is a slightly sensitive story, so what I would ask is that if you want to chat about this, you're really welcome to, but please do chat to Ben or I about it, or my parents, um, just because I, I want to be careful about that. So one of our children... Um, when they were six weeks old, they had their six-week check, and I went to the doctors, and the doctor said, you do know they've got a heart murmur, right? I didn't know they had a heart murmur, um, and so we were quite shocked. That probably meant that they had a hole in their heart. We didn't know. You couldn't get an appointment to see the cardiology team for several months, and a couple of days later, we went um, up to New Wine for the day, 
And I can clearly remember being stood in the big uh, meeting hall and the Hensons and my parents prayed for us and prayed for our child. And uh, I felt such a sense of peace at that time at the, the length of wait that we had to have to find out what was, what was really wrong. And uh, so we managed to wait and we found out several months later that they had two small holes and one bigger hole in their heart. And probably it may well be that some of them close up or they might need an operation. And so over their toddler years, we went to the, the hospital and I can remember, uh, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how old they were, but as a toddler, I remember feeling this real sense of peace around the option of surgery. And um, it's really tricky when you're a Christian, isn't it? Because you feel like you should have faith that someone will be miraculously healed. And it's not that I didn't think that they would be, but I felt a sense of peace. It's okay if, if it's the surgery route, that's, that's okay. And... Uh, uh, it would be in God's timing. And roll on a few years, and I was heavily pregnant with another child. I'm not always heavily pregnant. Um, uh, and uh, we, we went for a cardiology appointment, and we couldn't be seen by the consultant because there was another child who was really sick. So we didn't really find out where, she, where they were up to at this point. Uh, and a few weeks later, I'd had... I had a newborn, I was at home on my own, and I received a letter, and uh, it said that now, now we, do need, we do need to operate. Um, and I was all on my own, but I knew the peace of God beyond understanding. That in that moment, I was like, this is such amazing timing, <laughs> because I'm on maternity leave, I can be with my child through this, and I messaged my mom and I messaged Ben and said, this is what's happening. And all through those months, I felt peace about the timing. The timing really was perfect. And um, Ben would kind of say that maybe he didn't feel that sense of peace immediately, but he was at church the day before, and he had a vision of, of Jesus being with him and, and giving him peace. And so we knew going into the operation that we had confidence that the Holy Spirit was with us, he wasn't going to leave us. We had so much truth <laughs> ingrained in us. We know that Jesus holds those with little ones close to his heart, that he binds up the brokenhearted. And we spent the time, I remember being in a waiting room uh, with worship music on and walking around the hospital grounds knowing God's peace. And sure enough, the operation went very well and they recovered from that. But roll on a few years, and it appears that maybe, we don't know for definite, that that surgery may well have caused another issue. Uh, and we discovered that they had a curved spine. And again, we had to wait several months to find out what is, what is going on here. And we, several months later, went and had an x-ray. And the curve was really quite bad. It was really obviously quite bad. And you don't know what to say in those moments. And we were brought into a side room of the hospital, not in the normal waiting room, which really should have flagged something to me. We were like, why are we in here? This is really random. And the, the consultant came in and started to tell us 
that they had what they classify as a very severe curve of the spine. That usually they would operate um, when uh, a child was a little bit older, but this was bad enough that actually it really needed to be done sooner. Of course, what's the reaction at that point? Obviously tears. Obviously, this is not fair. I think the comment was, my friends moan about their braces and I have to have two major surgeries, which is true. But amazingly, I had so much peace and was able to hold them and say this isn't fair. But I, we absolutely know that God was with us last time. We know that we've seen his power and we know that we'll see it again. We know his peace. We know his goodness. He's taught us so much of his truth and he'll stay with us. I was able to say to them, <laughs> my sister has got a son with um, quite high support needs and her character is amazing. And I was able to say, whatever happens, God is going to develop something in you that is amazing and you're going to have a maturity beyond your years because of this. I knew God's peace. I knew his truth. I knew how he'd worked before. I don't know the end of the story. I don't have an end of the story. We're right in that moment at the moment. We're waiting to see what happens. I don't know whether God will miraculously heal them or whether they'll have surgery and that will be brilliant. But a couple of weeks ago, Roy Pearson came round to pray for us and um, my mum was there as well, and they were praying over us the story in um, the Gospels where Jesus, where a bleeding woman touches Jesus and uh, the power goes out of him. And then Jesus is actually on his way to see a little girl who had died. And he said, she's not died. She's just asleep. And he says, get up. And we were, uh, as we were worshipping earlier and um, singing the song, Come Alive. Uh, it reminded me of that time that Roy was praying for us. And um, whatever happens, I know, whether they come alive and there's a miraculous healing, or they come alive to an awareness of who the Holy Spirit is in their lives, that will be amazing. And it's no coincidence to me that we have loads of young people that age. And we have loads of young people in the CU of that age. And what I do know is they're going to have a story to tell about who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. So why have I shared that story this morning? Because I believe when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not just for a one-off moment, although they are really powerful moments and I'm not dismissing that. But it is for life long troubles we don't need to let our hearts be troubled because the Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to be with us for his presence to never leave us to remind us of his truth and to show us through uh, powerful healings or prophecies his works and to highlight where we've maybe got wrong, wrong thinking and to lead us back to Jesus and so this morning, what I would really love us to do is to pray for us to um, know the Holy Spirit with us at all times, and also to give an opportunity 
for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't have faith. I met with somebody this week, and I think they probably have experienced the Holy Spirit before they even experienced Jesus. I believe the Holy Spirit can um, reveal himself to us, even if we don't know Jesus quite yet. So what we're going to do is we're going to move uh, back into a time of worship. Um, what would be really good is, is if we um, make that response in our hearts, either, yes, I've never been filled and I'd like to be filled again, or maybe, I don't know what she's on about, I've not experienced that for a long time, I need to be filled or that we would know the Holy Spirit with us at all times, in the good times and the difficult times, that we would know the revelation of who he is. So let's all stand up. Uh, you're really, if, if you feel like um, you need to make a physical response, please do come down the front. I'm going to pray. And uh, so, yeah, let's be open to the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to be your advocate, to die for us and to forgive us for the things we've done and to lead us back to you. And Jesus, I thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit because you didn't want your power to just be confined to a few people, but to be be spread to everybody at all times, everywhere. We know that you want to fill us because you said to your disciples, wait until you are filled and when you receive power, then go and be my witnesses. We know that we cannot be your witnesses without your Holy Spirit. Witnesses to our families, to our workplaces, uh, to our communities. We can't do that without you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that if there's anybody here this morning that has never been filled with your Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd come, that you'd fill each one of us, but especially those that have never known you before. And I pray as well for those who maybe haven't experienced the Holy Spirit through times that have been difficult and realized how close you are. I pray that in that pain and in that difficulty, in that illness or in that financial situation or that difficult relationship, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal yourself. Thank you for your power and your work. 